0: It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You know the difference between hockey and those other sports? got to be tough
1: to be a hockey player. I idolized Dominic Kaschuk. I played goalie because of Dominic Kaschuk. My life in hockey has been started because
0: of Sabres hockey. I didn't need playoffs this year. I wanted it, but I didn't need it. But when you screw up for the fans as much as the team has over the last, like, five years, and just don't hold yourself accountable, I'm sorry, I'll hang up and listen, I'm sorry. Welcome to Two Goalies, One Mike, an in-depth look and behind-the-mask conversation about the greatest game on earth,
1: where everything goes and nothing's off-limits.
2: Now I'll tell you something about this guy.
1: This is only three minutes, eh?
2: Whammo! Oh, welcome in to the crossing towards Two Goalies, One Mike. 2021 NHL season preview, brought to you by Outlet Liquor Your Place by Case, and the 2021 Sports Collectors Expo held by Batavia Downs Gaming and Raceway. It's the oh, Sports yeah. Collectors Expo, October 29th and 30th, only at Batavia Downs Gaming. Autographed guests include current Bills football players, sport employer, Kroot, Gregory Rousseau, Micah Hyde, Devin Singletary, and Boogie Basham. Plus, there's going to be Buffalo legends Jim Kelly, Thurman. Thurman Thomas, Andre Reed, and amongst others, as well as other athletes, including Andre Ryson, Paul Molitor, and more. Full list of guests and details available at legendsandstars.net. Batavia Downs Gaming is located just off Thruway, exit 48. Make sure you guys get out there. Dwayne, I know you got something a little special here to tee us up and get us in the mood.
1: Let's go, baby.
0: For 17 years, Bob Christensen's masterpiece has sat in silence. An entire generation of hockey fans, unaware of its majesty.
1: Oh man, what is this? Is this the NFL song? The Olympics?
0: No. What is that? But music transcends. It has the power to transport a feeling from once upon a time to today. Over
1: 6,000 days since the last NHL game on ESPN, and it's just great. It's
0: coming back. Marriage and music is forever. When a moment has found a match, it's impossible to hear anything else. Tonight, the NHL is back on ESPN. you've been, my old friend. (laughs) Good to see you. Thank you. It's all yours.
2: Few things that just scream hockey like that sound right there. One of the things that Dwayne, I know you brought up when we were talking about it this morning, is just it was the soundtrack to our childhood. Growing up, falling in love with the game of hockey, and to see hockey back on ESPN—what an awesome time, Dwayne!
1: Yeah, you know it's—you <laughs> you know you hear that, you hear that theme song like. Every once in a while over the last, like, you know, decade or so, you know, ever since, you know, 17 years ago when uh, hockey for last, you know, was broadcasted on ESPN, ESPN, sorry. Um, and, you know, it kind of takes you back a little bit, you know, you, you, but you don't really feel the full effect of it because you never, like, hear it in its entirety the way we just did. And literally the first time I heard that when I was watching the, Cap- uh, the sorry, the Tampa Bay uh, tampa bay penguins game last night it just sent chills absolute chills through my entire body because i was just remembering everything that was so great about hockey back when i was a kid you know back in the days of the goat head uh just you know remembering old janet calls you know playoff runs just watching remembering guys like yamir yager uh even even gretzky messier peter forsberg sack the, the 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 great rivalry years that lived and breathed on ESPN uh, between Colorado and Detroit. You know, Chris Osgood, Patrick Waugh, Dominic Kashuk, Marty Brodeur, all, all those great goaltenders that really maybe fall in love with the position, maybe want to play the game of hockey. And just seeing how good of a job ESPN did last night just makes me look forward to hockey, not Sabres hockey, but hockey so much this year
2: absolutely we're going to be watching a ton of other hockey so thank god for ESPN plus going to be carrying a shit ton of games for us this year but it's not just the Dwayne and Ty B show here we got Colin and producer Steve joining us here I'll send it to you Colin first um as as a bit of a younger Sabres fan you haven't heard that music ever really associated with a Sabres game you have uh you know, we all have our expectations going into the season. But how are you feeling here? We've had, you know, two games last night. Got a bunch of games on the slate tonight. How are you feeling with hockey back?
3: Oh, it's, you know, hockey's one of the, it's one of my favorite sports just because of how fast paced it is. And it's it's going to be weird seeing it on ESPN. Like you always think of it on like this, a Sabres game on MSG or whatever, at least for me, because that's like 17 years ago. I was four years old. Like, well, I don't remember that. But like now, I got I've, I've had ESPN Plus, so I can like watch all the games. Now I still have it. Like it's it's a good time to be the sports fan. We got the NBA starting right up too. Football is right in the middle of the season. Baseball is World Series. Hockey starting right back up. Mm-hmm. And that means there's a glimmer of hope if you want to say that for the Sabres, because you know everyone starts off zero zero and zero. So
2: absolutely absolutely and shout out to everyone tuning in if you're watching over on the twitter sphere make sure you hit retweet and like easiest way to help us and it helps share what we're doing and if you're watching on youtube make sure you hit the like button subscribe hit that little notification bell so you know every time we go live we're going to be going live a ton from crossing swords throughout the season with um you know our our um Thoughts on some of these terrible games, you know, during intermissions and some pre games and post game stuff for you. And Dueno is going to be killing it with two goalies, one Mike, and a guy who is a fixture now on two goalies, one Mike. Producer Steve, you're a bit of an optimist here with the Sabers. How are you feeling?
4: Um, I'm feeling all right. You know, uh, at this point, I kind of treat the team like it's a, like a startup company. You know, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of hurdles. There's going to be a lot of obstacles. Sometimes it ain't going to always be pretty. But
2: <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's kind of like the, the perfect way to look at things right now because we had the rebuild and the tank and now it seems like we're at that point again where you know we just had that the number one pick and you know blah 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 and everything else going on and it just feels like we're, you know, spinning our tires yet again, Dwayne.
1: Yeah, you know, um, yeah, I put a tweet out uh, yesterday from the two goals on my account asking everybody to give their, their GIF reactions to the lineup that uh, the opening day lineup and you know it was comical as expected just you know (laughs) people just losing their minds ready to jump off their roofs and I don't blame them man like I, I I still don't understand how you know, rooster Ruostelinen is on the outside looking in on this team. I know Donnie Meatballs tried to put everybody's minds at ease, saying, you know, that's not like a tournament set thing. Like he could just easily be in the lineup game number two, even even though he's not in game number one. It's, it doesn't matter. You you, you you like the whole the whole narrative is this youth movement, right? This youth movement where we want to start letting these young kids play and earn their keep. Well, how are you doing that when you're rewarding guys like Cody Eakin, Kyle Akposo, keeping them on the roster? I I get it that you're paying these guys money, but Bruce and earned his spot on this roster, a full-time spot on this roster. And if you're going to tell me that you're going to try and put a competitive team on the ice, but he's in the press box while guys like Eakin and Akposo are playing in the opening night lineup, I'm sorry. I'm not buying that at all. Like, I'm just not like this is a tank season. That's what this is. Cause if it wasn't a tank season, you'd be putting a competitive, the, the most competitive team, you, the fastest most competitive team you can on the ice and they are not doing that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things, you know, that's going to be a, a storyline throughout the year. I think Dwayne, and yeah, we wanted to get some of those guys off the roster and they are still here, unfortunately, because in the NHL contracts are guaranteed. So, um, you know Cody Eakin is going to be taking up a, a spot on on this uh, ice more often than not. Producer Steve, I'm hearing the sigh already. I know uh, none of us are really looking forward to Cody Eakin, but by God, does he have a great mullet!
4: Oh my God, uh, yeah, we've been joking in the group chat that I'm going to buy a red mullet and start going to Sabres games dressed as uh, Cody Eakin's douchey brother Brody Eakin, but. As much as I've dogged on Ocposo in the past, just based on this tiny little sample size of preseason, it does look like he's cut down a little bit in weight, and he's not, again, for this small sample size of preseason, unlike last year where he was constantly two strides behind every play, he was in the play. He wasn't always making the big plays, but he was there, he was contributing. And to that, at least to that regard, it looks like he has done some work in the off to address the things that are, you know, very widely criticized probably within their organization and obviously on the outside. Like, dude had cement cement skates, but he's picking it up a little bit. And I, you know, I'm I'm, you know, whether or not he can do that for 82 games, I don't know, but. I'm I'm going to I'm going to try to be a little bit less harsh on him because I can see he's putting in some work to go against what's been literally weighing him down for many many seasons now.
2: Yeah, and, and we saw him, you know, get the A on his chest, and as well as Zemgus Girgensons, and it looks like they're going to be on the fourth line, if you will, to start the season, which is an interesting move uh, for the Sabres franchise. You have the video of Akposo and Girgensons as the two to get people pumped up to go to games. Yeah, I don't know if you're getting me pumped up with those guys as fourth liners. Uh, <laughs> uh, so let's talk about you know this potential you know opener tomorrow a little bit, guys, because. I don't know what to expect as far as fans and especially a turnout because we saw the preseason games where there was literally 20 fans like in attendance. I'm oh, probably, I was setting, that one. yeah, I'm probably setting the over under at like 50% capacity at 9,500.
1: Dwayne, you think we can hit that? I think you're going to get at least 8,000 people in there, but it's going to be tough because you have to remember the border is still closed. Um, I I heard some updates on that about them possibly able to cross back it's over. It's gonna but, be yeah, but not yeah, not right night. now. No, not yeah. to by tomorrow night. And you do like somebody made a good point too um, to me earlier is that this franchise is a little dependent on you know the the the, the, the fans that do come in from north of the border. Um, so it's gonna hurt all season unless you know they're allowed to come over uh, without, without any restrictions on a normalcy. Um, so it's it's still
2: not going to be normal either way. Like you're going to have to be fully vaccinated and all that. It looks like they're trying to loosen the restrictions on, um, when you need that last negative COVID test or whatever, because I think it's within like 48 hours or something like that right now. So they're trying to move that around to, Make it a little bit easier for people getting back and forth, but um it's it's not gonna get to a normal that we're used to anytime soon. So think about you know those games against the Canadians and and the Leafs where uh, Sabres fans traditionally sell off their tickets. they don't usually go to those games and no. the draw, especially when the team is bad, are those Canadian fans that did not have them in the building. It's gonna hurt them uh, immensely. so it's sort of surprising to me we haven't seen more sort of outreach at trying to get, you know, the local fans in there and and that type of thing. And that's something the team might have to resort to at some point. But Colin, um, for you, if someone gave you a ticket tomorrow and said, you got to pay $20 for parking, you know, $15 for a beer, (laughs) it it makes it very tough for fans to to go.
3: Yeah. um, I'm thinking about like when the bills were bad, you could get tickets on StubHub for like seven bucks, And at that point, like, well, sure, like the Bills, the Bills stadium will pack up regardless of how good or bad the team is. So you can pay seven bucks and go for the experience or whatever. But now like going to the Sabres games, it's not going to be like a crazy atmosphere. Like the Bills games are people don't tailgate for the Bills game or the Sabres games. So uh, if someone were to give me a free ticket, but then I had to pay for parking and all those concessions that are crazy expensive. I don't know. I was looking to buy a ticket just to go see, like just for myself, you know, it's, it's, let's go check out how we look. But I might have to wait till R2 gets in the lineup because I don't want to see <laughs> F, that fourth line out there. So I'm thinking maybe they put the two captains or the so called captains on the fourth line because they're just going to be sitting on the bench the whole game. They can just talk to everybody. But know. Nah, <laughs> that amount of
1: fan ambassadors (laughs) (laughs) yeah listen you and i've again i've been very critical obviously of upper management ownership too but the thing of it is i mean you could really solve this issue and avoid an opening night embarrassment pretty easily you own both teams you offer the first ten thousand fans that show up to the game a ticket to one of four bills home games so you're not you can spread it out evenly you own the team like a voucher, even put them up in the nosebleeds, whatever, the cheapest seats you have available. It's not like the team isn't making you a shitload of money. And
2: you're going to make money off concessions and everything else. Exactly.
1: You know what I mean? Like to avoid this embarrassment. And it's just, it's really mind numbing because, you know, you're, you're trotting out (laughs) Kyle Ocposo and Zemkis Gergensen is wearing your letters. It's insane. You know you're you it is back, what it is, bro. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, you're, you're, you're holding back a kid that we were all pretty high on at the end of last season. You know, you, you saw how well R2 Rooster You played. Know, you know, people were bummed that Paterica and, and Murray were sent back to Rochester, but I understand it, it for Paterica, especially, it's better for his development. But
0: if you want to give people the Kamach's team for the sake of your. 80 year old announcer it's his last season at least it's his last home opener get people through the door show this is a perfect example of why terry and kim pagula don't give a shit about this team because if you did you would do everything was within your power to get people through those doors
2: hey Dwayne, they were hiring for a ticket salesman the other day
0: yeah it's <laughs> It's insanity, man. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Like, you have that at your disposable. You own the other team, mm-hmm. which now as of Sunday night, or technically early Monday morning, is the number one team in all of the National Football League. A lot, like, offer those tickets for free. Show up. Here, free tickets. Go see the good team. And allow when the Sabres score a goal. God willing they score a goal tomorrow night. <laughs> that you have an arena that's loud cheering for its team. Not crickets. Jesus.
2: Yeah, I mean there's there's a ton of things you could you could do like you said, because they do own both teams. You're not losing money by giving out free tickets that aren't gonna be sold because they're not gonna be sold anyways. You're only gaining money because of the money off of concessions and everything else like we brought up. Um but oh. I just want to take a moment real quick 1-1 right now Montreal Toronto game. They're in the first 0-0 early between the Rangers and Capitals. But yeah, guys, I think it's going to be it's going to be troublesome throughout the season for them to get people in the arena because how much are you really looking forward to? Darlene's been on the team for a few years. We know he can do some crazy stuff. Like why wouldn't I just watch that from my couch if I care to see it besides that, you know, I would like to see, you know, Dylan cousins, what can he do uh, this season? Can we continue to see more progression out of Casey Middlestat's game? But those aren't things that are going to sell me to, to get into that arena or to go to these games, Steve.
4: I mean, I'm a weird exception to this rule. For the past seven years, I've been watching Sabres games from the comfort of Philadelphia, being one of 12 people wearing a blue jersey in the wrong place to be wearing blue. Capital scored.
1: Oh, Nice. Right. Was it Ovi? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Chase to the great but, one.
4: But that said, this is my first season living in Buffalo, living within a mile and a half of the stadium. And I don't have a car, so I don't need to pay for parking. <laughs> I don't drink. So it's literally just price of admission, and that's all I'm there for anyway. And, you know, I'm trying to be you a probably, cautious. You up. could
2: probably go to every game for less than $100 uh, at, that, at, that, at that point. It's uh, Yeah, it's starting you to look like have to that. just worry about fees.
4: Yeah, the tickets for tomorrow are pretty expensive, and then every other ticket that's on sale is like at least half that price. <laughs> yeah. So... Dude.
2: Yeah, but, I don't I don't know if there's too much to be excited about though in terms of you know, in-game experience or You're excited like about 41-year-old Craig Anderson. Yeah, I I don't know. Colin, try to can could you try to sell me on, on going to a game cuz
3: I I can't talk myself into it. I mean, Dwayne just yelled at all of us. He's just put for that job that they put out for you know, I, apply, I applied. I applied for that
4: job, but I didn't have a trench coat to fit all the tickets in, so I didn't. Hire. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
2: you're gonna have to scalp them to sell them. <laughs> yeah,
1: but, yeah, they I come mean, to the they come to the ticket window, and I'm just gonna yell at them until they give <laughs> my
0: tickets.
3: Yeah, exactly. No,
0: you can't leave. Get in there! By <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
3: <laughs> Aside from Dwayne yelling, like, what else is there to be like any excitement over, like? it's we we all everyone knows what this year is like there's no hiding it there's not like oh we're 30 games in and we suck like let's start to play even worse like we all know i'm so shocked yeah we all know this team is going to be bad 30 games in 60 games in and then 80 games in so it's gonna hurt the the hype is all for like the next two three years this year is kind of just oh we kind of have to get through it so what's there to be excited about you got young guys developing but they're not going to be good enough to match up against teams like Tampa and Pittsburgh, and those high-flying offenses that we see. Like they're, it's you're going to go watch them develop as they're getting destroyed, because the goalies can't stop anything. They're getting scared right by. So, uh, I don't know. I really, if they lowered the price of a beer to like three bucks, maybe I'll go in for that. But that's not going to dollar gonna beer happen. nights. I'm Never. telling
2: you, you would pack oh, that Dollar, oh, dollar yeah. beer dollar night. Dollar beer night.
3: Five,
4: $5 beer night.
1: Dollar
4: beer Five dollar beer, have, night, uh, Buff- Five, $5 $5 beer night is good for you and good for the capitalist in all of us. You know <laughs> we <laughs> don't want to
1: Five dollar beer night. You better you better have Buffalo PD on standby at all at
4: all. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. It's just going to turn into <laughs> the Buffalo
2: fight night. Um, yeah, do a Toronto game. Also, also sign me up for. But something I want to commend us for. We've gone twenty minutes without talking about the white elephant in the room. So we're going to continue to not talk about it. Or mention Thank it by you. name um, because everyone's talked about it ad nauseum. There's no reason to it's, continue to beat this point into the earth. We all know he's never going to play here again. So let's move on. Uh, Dwayne, it's it's tough for you feeling that. I know. But yeah, he's never going to wear that sweater ever again. One, because they don't wear that one. But he's also never going to wear that <laughs> crest ever again. Um, they've who completely made, who botched made it. that bobblehead. So that we'll, just- We'll move on to the next topic, um, which is trying to figure out how to replace that production. And it's almost impossible with the guys you have on this roster to be able to produce what he did night in and night out, especially adding a shit ton of defensive um, stuff into his repertoire until he was getting hurt there, getting banged up a little bit. We saw him pull back the reins at some. But Dwayne is all tangled up over there. Boys, how are we, you guys? How, having- how do you replace? The production from your one C like that. Do, do you guys have any any sort of like? Can Cousins take a big enough step here in year two, where you don't you don't miss a certain player?
1: Um, I don't think that I, I. mean I'm not saying that he's not going to take steps for uh, forward in his development, but I don't think it's fair of this franchise to ask a kid to do that. Um, that's how you end up with. Casey middle stats last couple of years, you know, that's how you end up with, um, you know, an eighth overall pick because they actually were both eighth overall, I believe, um, you know, missing steps in his development because you put him in a situation where, you know, he, that he wasn't ready for like a lot, a lot of the uh, early predictions and lineups for this team had it cousins as your first line center. And I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I'm not saying he's not a good enough leader, not willing to take on that challenge. Any player in his situation would love that challenge, but is it right for his his, his like? Yeah, I mean, right I don't for think him force football? him into
2: it right away. No, no. no. Yeah, no. And, and that's the thing is, can he develop into it throughout the season? That's what you gotta
4: hope. <laughs> yeah, that's what you gotta hope. I, I I think the issue is just that to to make a messy metaphor, we're trying to force a kid who just learned how to kickflip to go toe-to-toe in a half-pipe with Tony Hawk in his prime. Because that's what a lot of these people are in their respective positions. Some of the best athletes at their craft, playing some of the best hockey that anyone has ever seen. And, you know, he's 20. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the rest of you, but I wasn't doing anything all that oppressive at the age of 20. Even if no. I was getting paid, I mean, I was, to do I was crushing
2: it. an impressive amount of bush, bushes every
4: week, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, that's impressive, but not. It, it's it's no. a spectrum. But that but that said, it, and I know Dwayne has talked about it a lot. That you know, you know, everyone criticizes the idea of Buffalo making trades for people because you know the season in everyone else's mind is already spent. But I think players like Dylan Cousins or Casey or any of these developing forward talents that. You know, want to improve? They they need some kind of security blanket. They need some sort of veteran presence that can like go out there, do the darn thing. They don't have to be a stud. They don't have to be a fucking wagon, but they have to be consistent at their craft. And they can learn from a guy like that. Like yeah. you know, we don't need another Eric Stahl situation, but we need somebody who's been around the block, knows what the hell they're doing, and when you put them in just about any situation, they know how to handle it competently. And those are the kinds of people that we, that need to be teaching these young people. Like that's, those, some,
2: that's the type yeah. of player you should have added to this roster. When you look at it down the middle right now, you have middle stat slotted in your one C, Tage Thompson, you bumped over ah. play center and <laughs> he's going to be your second center. And then uh, Dylan Cousins. So you could really use some leadership in the center of the ice guys who've been there and done that. Um, could Donnie Granado, you know, coach him up to that level. Yeah. I mean, that's what you got to hope for. Um, but, to have another guy on the team who's been there done that and can sort of give these guys the little tricks of the trade and those little things to continue to add to your arsenal um, in terms of whether it's you know winning a, a big defensive faceoff late in the game or those little things that are going to get you from being a good player to an elite player think about um, nathan mckinnon's development um you know say three four years back everyone you know great player great player but he can't lead a team now he's been carrying the avalanche and he does it all, you know, offensively and defensively for them. They can trust him late in the game to win big draws. And that's what you're going to have to figure out is, is Casey Middlestat that guy? I mean, I don't think he is right now. And it's like that with everyone on this roster. It's like they could be these guys, but there's just so many unknowns still looking at this team. And when you're trying to, you know, prognosticate across the season, and you think about how many goals they're going to need to try to score, uh, and win. Like, do you have those goal scorers here? I don't know, but that's what the games are for. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you guys with a. I think it is a is a tough question here, because I think the obvious name would be Jeff Skinner, but because of everything going on, I don't know if it is. Who do you think ends up leading the Buffalo Sabres in points at year end? I'll start it with Stevie, go to Colin. And Dwayne, finish it off for me.
0: Hmm.
4: That is really tough. You would think Jeff, and the season leading up to his insanely long and expensive contract would also make you think Jeff. But ever since that year, we have not seen it out of Jeff. So honestly, I, I don't have a good answer for that. If I had to put my money on it, I would either have to say just by virtue of his capacity to finish on power plays and knowing that more often than not, Rasmus Dalin will be the one quarterbacking those power plays. It could be Olofsson. But it could also be, it's we keep hearing about all this healthy competition within the crew, maybe middle stats just like, hold my beer. I'm going to go do it five on five. I'm just going to be... That guy, you know, I'm just gonna do it. Yeah, so he's,
1: if he's, he's
2: flashed in preseason doing that.
4: <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's a great got, shot. Yeah, he's got some shots in him that I did not know he had. Um, so, th- I would love it to be Skinner. I would love Skinner to finally have that bounce back here. we've been talking about for three years, because you know everything leading up to signing that big contract, the dude was a stud. He's a good player. He can finish. I don't know what the hell happened, but he can't finish right now. Yeah. I would love it for it to be Skinner, but if things have remained the way they've been, my money's on either Olafson or Middlestat.
2: As your cat goes crazy in the background. Colin, who do you think? <laughs>
3: um Olafson is a good answer because just because of I mean, how many power plays we're gonna get? That really doesn't depend on how good or bad the team is. Like that's just how you're gonna the other get team power plays. Goals. Yeah. So Olsen is a good ch- choice due to do the power play, but he can't play f- great five-on-five. Five. My two can. <laughs> my two my two answers. R2. I just had a fantasy hockey draft the other night, and my last pick I took the middle stat because I said, somebody has to score goals for the Sabres team. And then I talked to my buddies over the weekend while we were watching the Bills game, and I was like, yeah, I took him because somebody has to score. And he's like, no, no, nobody has to score for the Sabres. Like, it's not a guarantee they're just going to get You're goals. So <laughs> – I I did pick middle staff for that reason, but I'm hoping we can see a huge step for Darlene in which he can quarterback this, that power play. He can quarterback the offense from the blue line, or they let him reign free and do what he, what he was drafted to do. He hasn't like been that defenseman that can take the puck up the ice. He hasn't done it well. He hasn't been really given that opportunity to, so you give him the reins to, to kind of go off on his own and, be that sensational hockey player that we drafted him to be then I think he, he's a pretty good choice for this as well because even though he's not going to get a ton of goals like he can assist I mean you get two of them in hockey two guys can get an assist every play every goal so I'm going to say the Milstead or Darlene but I like I like the Olsen choice because I mean we're going to get power plays that's inevitable it's hockey so and I mean death taxes and Victor Olsen scoring on the power play those are the only three guarantees in life so
1: 20. Yeah um I'm gonna go a little off the board here, but I feel pretty confident when I say it because I like I think Olafson is I mean, I think his five on five game under Granado is gonna improve. But the big thing with Skinner is he need he needs a, a, a reliable center and we don't know if we have that right now. I'm not saying that cousins and middle stack can't be that, but he's no jack eichel. He's not. Um, neither of them are, you know, I could see him getting back to like a twenty goal form this season, but I think the guy who's going to take a huge step forward this season is going to be Rasmus Dahlin. I think he's going to be playing every single, every single. He might even double on the second power play from time to time. He's going to be playing twenty five minutes a night. Um, you saw shades of it last year with at, with Granato at the end. You saw him start to get his, get, get his groove back. Uh, you saw him start to get his swagger back. Um, and I, I just feel that, you know, before Ralph Kruger, he was on pace for 50-point seasons as an 18-, 19-year-old kid. If he can get back to that, which I think there's no reason to believe he shouldn't, especially with being asked to do a lot more this season. And I think we've all seen his maturity level. He does have that ability to take on that kind of role. Um, I think you're looking at a possibly 60-plus-point season this year from Ross Vestalian. Also,
3: I've, I've also heard, I've heard stuff that they've, been looking to move him up and play him at forward a little bit. is. That, Colin, like, come on. Don't steal my much? thunder. That's exactly what I was oh, going to talk about. So Raxmas... We'll spoilers! Look at, his,
2: <laughs> look at his rookie season. He put up 44 points, put up uh, 42, I think, in an abbreviated season the next year. Uh, he was on pace for around a 40-point season if he would have played uh, 82 games uh, last year as well. So uh, I think we're going to see a big progression out of him this year. If he's able to put up 50 to 60 points, he should probably end up lead this leading this team in points, um, unfortunately. Um, but you look at His role, and it's continued to grow year after year. Dwayne talked about it on the power play. Colin, you just brought it up. About potentially using him in some forward roles, which makes some sense, um, especially late in games, um, if you're bringing in, number one, bringing on an extra skater. But um, if you don't want to roll that fourth line, You can shorten your uh, D pairings down a little bit. You shorten your bench down. Roll three lines. Have Rasmus Dahlin hop on the wing on one of those, and he can skate well enough. Um, We've seen his puck skills are good enough. He can dish it off. He can shoot. He can do a little bit of everything. So if you trust him in that role that we saw out of Phil Housley early on in his career at times, I think Rasmus Dahlin's potential here is is close to a point per game defenseman, which is absolutely incredible and what we all sort of thought we were getting out of Rasmus Stalin at that draft.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a little distracted. I'm seeing a video right now of we are on TNT during the first intermission. We are going to get Wayne Gretzky taking shots on a fully suited up Charles Barkley. Oh, yeah.
2: They're having a shootout and he And he,
1: he looks like he's going to be putting his goalie pads on the wrong legs. He's already holding the sticker on. Um, <laughs> Gretzky's trying to coach him through it. This is going to be great. This is, this is going to be a, such a fun season. Yo, that's going to be amazing. If, if TNT can do for the NHL or even remotely do for the NHL what it was able to do for the NBA for years, I mean, I think this is going to be a great it's be, year. It's
2: going to be extremely entertaining. You have yes. Paul in that next of fucking wayne gretzky yeah it's gonna be like,
1: unbelievable
2: just them alone like that's gonna provide so much uh content you have all of tnt's partnerships with charles barkley already hopping out yep. and then you have aw you have cm punk who just came back he's a huge huge blackhawks fan uh Britt baker big pittsburgh penguins fan like you just have yep. a shit ton of stuff you can involve super it's not excited. just hockey a lot of crossover stuff to get more people excited and to get more people excited we got to talk about some other teams besides the Buffalo Sabres because it should be a very exciting year of hockey. But before we bring on our next guest, gotta uh, again remind you guys get over to legendsinstars.net, get your tickets for the Sports Collectors Expo that'll be happening October 29th and 30th over at Batavia Downs. Um, Going to be a ton of current Bills players, including Greg Rousseau, um, Micah Hyde, a few other names, and Bills legends like Jim Kelly and Andre Reid and Thurman Thomas, but we have a legend in his own right joining us, none other than Mr. Dewey Crocs himself.
0: Oh, Dewey. You know
2: it wouldn't be, you know, crossing swords action without bringing in Dewey. Yeah, we'll let him talk about the Islanders for a little bit, but, you know, we're going to start talking about the division
4: here
1: (laughs) in
5: general.
2: I got to go get a
1: pillow and a blanket. Wait,
5: Dwayne's already tired, mid-season form. Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's also already, yeah. already
4: yelling mid-season for <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah he, we did, he did lose his mind for a little bit at the beginning. I'm not going to Yeah, lie. the, sque- the but screen was shaking. Oh, but listen, but listen, I, I had every right to. It was very justified. Very, very justified. Sorry you weren't there to see it, Katz. It was very justified. Absolutely. Which I'm but sure there'll
5: be another chance for that.
1: We got our um, guy Katz here to talk a
2: little bit of Isles Hockey. And then we're going to start talking about, the, talking about the Atlantic Division. Herniated disc in his neck, guys. That's (laughs) probably not good for him. We still haven't mentioned his name, Dewey, so don't mention it once. I did once. No, you didn't.
4: He said Voldemort. God damn
2: it. Same thing. Dwayne, we can't have nice things because of you, but Dewey, Islanders made a couple moves. Lou is awake this summer. The team has been making some big runs these past few years but just can't get over the hump that is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Is it their year?
5: Yeah. uh, I think third time's the charm here. Going into this season, I think the team as a whole should look and feel very similar, minus Jordan Eberle getting taken by the Seattle Kraken, who had a pretty impressive game last night. That first shift last night for him was pretty great. Hit the post Midseason season for Jordan Eberle. Uh, we did add a couple of players. We got Zach Parisi and Zedano Charo, who no one really thought was coming to the island. Um, we lost Nick Letty to Detroit and Jordan Eberle, who I just mentioned, hoping to make another deep run in a – I think still is the toughest division in hockey, the Metropolitan Division. you got Sidney Crosby, Alex Ovechkin, and Matt Barzell with the Island. Anything can happen. It's going to be a long season. We're back to a full stretch of 82 games, and I can't be any more excited.
2: And back to the regular divisions, which is throwing me off again already. We will not be playing the Islanders in divisional hockey this year, <laughs> but we will be playing Thank them God. enough. <sighs> yeah, last year was weird, you know. Rangers, Isles, over and over. Just absolutely brutal. Can't stand those fan bases. They're
5: the worst, aren't they? The worst. They really are. We are the yeah. loudest and the most passionate. And Gotta Dewey, give it to us. We're very loud down here on the island. Dewey, UBS Arena
2: is going to be listen, opening in a few weeks. Be, that before, place be, looks be, incredible, Dwayne. I, you,
1: hold on. This, oh, this listen, new listen, arena listen, looks sweet. Listen, listen. He wants to talk about loud and passionate. No, That's not because you're like yelling and stuff. You guys are in Long Island. You're just naturally loud loud. like it's not there's not just like look it's close to
3: the ocean you got (laughs) that's your
1: normal that's your normal talking voice that's not you just be hey Hey,
5: how's yours how's yours we're loud same same but different if you can hear us we're loud enough all right (laughs) Yeah, but
2: UBS Arena, that place, it looks like it's going to be absolutely incredible for the Isles. Over at Belmont, it's going to be a place where traveling fans are going to probably want to go to a lot. So it's going to be a hostile environment uh, for people checking that one out. Should be an awesome place to check out a game.
5: Yeah, uh, as a fan base, we're looking extremely Uh, forward to getting ourselves into UBS. The Islanders do go on a 13-game road trip to start the season, but they're not the first team to do that. I believe when Little Caesars Arena was still being built, Detroit started a long road trip and then started getting some games in there. Uh, The first game back for the Isles will be November 19th against the Calgary Flames, if I'm not mistaken. But I can't wait to get in there. I should be able to get in there sometime, hopefully after the new year, uh, hopefully sooner, But there's a lot of things going on at UBS Arena that I can't wait to get my hands on.
2: (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. But let's hear – let's talk about the Eastern Conference a little bit. We'll go around the horn, give our uh, prediction for who's going to win the East. Steve, how about you start it off?
4: Well, I I don't think it's going to be Tampa again. Just after seeing them last night, I I really think that third line that all got taken away, I think that provided just – some unspoken and just some unknown ingredient that Tampa Bay needs for its success. Like they got like the three empty net goals aside, they got outplayed by a Crosby and Malkin list Pittsburgh Penguins team with Jari in the net who was great in the regular season, but definitely biffed it in the postseason. Let's, you know, let's not discredit the man for getting them to the playoffs in the first place. He did well, but he blew it. That's okay. But that said, I don't think it's gonna be Tampa. I don't think they're gonna threepeat just by virtue of that threepeating, even when you're still an elite team and nothing changes, it's hard. Yeah. It's near impossible. I I don't know if it's happened in like hockey as a modern sport. Like it's probably been what like seventies maybe. Maybe, maybe. I, I don't even know. Somebody somebody's, somebody's got I'm the I'm gonna they go, go ahead and say the Detroit Detroit Islanders Detroit.
5: were the last ones to win more than three cups in a row back in the eighties. That's 19 straight playoff wins, and no one's done it since.
4: Yeah, but that's cocaine. That doesn't count.
5: Yes, you're right. That's
3: <laughs> the 80s. Right, you're right. You're if right.
4: it's not the Isles, and I, I I will begrudgingly admit that as you know, calculated as their game is, it's consistent, they know their strategy, and there are very few teams that can knock them off their game. So if it's not going to be the Islanders, I honestly think it might be the Panthers. I think they've got the right pieces to do it. Especially now that they got Sam Reinhardt. I miss Sam Reinhardt. I am not I'm not gonna stop being sad about that. I miss I fucking miss Sam. I'm sorry for swearing, but I just miss Sam. You can swear.
2: You're allowed. Come, Colin. Come back Sam. what are you, you seeing across the East right now? Do you think it's still the Lightnings uh,
3: conference or are
2: we gonna see some new blood?
3: I I have to agree with Steve. They they didn't look that good last night without playing against Crosby and Malkin. But they are two-time defending champs. Like they know, obviously, like the Islanders do, they know how to play to their strengths. And, I mean, one game in an 82-game season, the first game of the year, I mean, aside from the Sabres, what team is going to look just the same the first night is halfway through. So I think it could be Tampa's year. I also I think Boston has a chance to do it as well. Um, it all comes down to their goalie play. They have they have the D-man to do it. They have the forwards and Pasta and uh, Martian. I think they have the firepower to do so. Florida is a good choice as well, but I, I think my guess is my, the easy one is to say Tampa Bay, but if it's not going to be Tampa, I think it's going to be Boston or Florida.
2: Not, a, not bad options there, Colin. Dewey, you're going to say the Islanders, so we'll move on. And
5: I'll give you a second. <laughs> Why the Islanders? <laughs> And it's just hard for me to not really believe that this team isn't cup or bust this year. Uh, the windows. Now everyone's all in and Barry system just works from the start to the end of the game. And like Colin just mentioned for the seed Tampa come out as a banner raising night and lose without playing against Malkin and Crosby kind of red flags there, but it's a long season. Everyone's got to get back into the groove. I, Only team that I see maybe giving the Isles a problem in the Met is the Carolina Hurricanes. They've given us problems in the past, and they're a very pesky group. Um, It's their goaltending just just makes them a little weary a little bit at times. But my ECF prediction is the Florida Panthers versus the New York Islanders this year.
2: Dwayne, a lot of ugly faces there. You're going to have to explain those to the people right now.
1: Listen, I know Tampa Bay misses guys like Blake Coleman and Yanni Gordon. Trust me, those guys fill roles. Man, they scored big time goals, especially in the playoffs. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that they're having that that they're not going to finish first in the East. They still have Kucherov. They still have Edmond. They still have Sergachev. They still have Stamkos. They still have the best goaltender in the world. You cannot convince me anyone else is better than Andre Vasilevsky. That guy is an absolute cheat coded net. So you're not going to – there's absolutely no way they are not finishing first in the East. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cats. It's just not going to happen. They're a little hungover from raising a banner. You know know what I mean? Like that happens sometimes. I I would have liked to have seen it come out there with a little more energy. But you're not going to sit here and tell me that a team that has literally possibly the the best defenseman in the world and two of the best forwards in the world and both Kucherov and Stamkos are just going to – I'm sorry, I forgot about Braden Point. I, mean, he's a I was about to say three legitimate superstars on their team, and that's just it, it, they. I don't even know if all three of them make up their first power play unit. I'm pretty sure they do, but if not, then like it, it's just insanity to think that that team isn't finishing first and isn't copper bust for a third year in a row.
2: Yeah. Too much parody in uh, the NHL. They're not making it for a third straight year. Sorry, Dwayne. Um, I'll dismiss that point right now. All right, you we are all forgetting about a certain neighbor up north, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ah, yeah.
0: Get the fuck
2: out of here. I know you're the host,
0: but come on.
4: Come on. They're,
2: prob- they're going to be in the playoffs.
4: Well, yeah. Montreal is
2: but- not going to be good this year with Carey Price not being on the team to start the season. Um, I don't think Boston's going to be as good as they've been in years past. They're still trying to retool. They're doing a lot of different things. I don't know if I trust them fully. I think Toronto should probably win the Atlantic division. They're going to put themselves in a very good position heading into the playoffs. And if they do that, you potentially get the lightning knocked off because they run into some troubles with guys who consistently are injured. They're great players. But how often has Stamkos missed games? Kucherov missed games? Even Vasilevsky has gone out for long stretches of and periods of time. I ha- think the Lightning are going to run into issues with it throughout the course of this season. It is so hard to win year after year after year and to stay healthy. And when you have key guys who continue to go out of the lineup, I'm, I'm worried about them for that reason. And when I look across these other teams, I think, who can do a little bit of both? I know... We've made, you know, a ton of jokes about, you know, the, the Leafs choking this and that in the past. But with fans back in Toronto, I think they're going to do it. They're finally going to get back to a cup. And I it's a spoiler alert for later. I'll save that after we make our Western predictions and talk a little bit about, you know, who you thinks going to win the cup? Because I got I got something fun for that. But I I really do uh, think that the Leafs have a great chance this year
5: in the Eastern Conference. At uh, uh, you're not wrong. They, I, I think that the Toronto Maple Leafs have the, if not the best, the second best pure goal scorer in the Eastern Conference behind Alec Ovechkin, and that's Austin Matthews. Yeah. I think when it's time for O V to hang up the skates, that torch is handed to Austin to start making more of a name for himself. And I hate to say it, but, like, John Tavares is just not a bad player. He's just a bad person. But <laughs> just not a bad player. They do have the pieces, and can Jack Campbell – Bring them all the way to the playoffs. They got to play eighty-two games. They do. They do play eighty-two games every year, but to get eighty-two games into the playoffs just to lose four in the playoffs seems to be a trend for them. Could it be a different year for them? I might think so. At least getting past the first round. I think so.
2: I think they're going to make a little bit of a run this year. We'll, you know,
5: I'll. I'll, I'll... I got, I got some stuff playing.
2: Don't worry. We'll crush on the on the Maple Leafs fans in a minute. But let's talk about you know Western Conference predictions here. We got the Crackheads now out West with the Seattle Kraken joining the league this year. Um, obviously, a one-goal loss in their opener. A very valiant effort against the Vegas Golden Knights in that one. Vegas, another team uh, to really look out for this year. Um, but let's talk about the West here. Steve, start it off. Who do you think is gonna be representing the West in the Cup?
4: Well, Vegas has been hungry for it since day one. And I think all these seasons where they get so so close and just don't quite make it. I I I think I think they're really in that mindset that it's just like they're also in a cup or bust. Not necessarily bust like they're gonna completely eviscerate the whole team or anything, but like it's basically like I'm rolling on my sleeves. All right, let's stop fucking around. Yeah, the pre-game show's nice and all, but let's play some let's play some hockey. But that, but so, I I really want I would prefer it to be Colorado. Honest to God, I would. But I I, I just don't have as much faith in the goaltending now as I did when Grubauer was back there. So for that reason and that reason alone, I got more faith in Leonard than I do. I I don't even fucking remember. What's Kemper, right? It's Kemper. Kemper, and- Frank. Kemper yep. Yeah. I got I, I got more I got more faith in the panda. So that that said, I I I I think Vegas is probably gonna be the most the most likely Western conference choice to be on top. Colorado's definitely gonna still be hungry. I still got that soft spot from Minnesota, but I, I still just don't think they have every ingredient they need to be a true contender. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy they kept Kirill around. I, th- I think that having Kirill in the National Hockey League is just something that's going to just pay dividends to every team in the league. If for no other reason more Russians will be more inclined to actually come play here, that yeah. would be great. I mean, we just drafted, what, like five of them? this past summer. So I would like to see those kids come to America at some point, if ever. Uh, but that said it, the clear choice to me is Vegas. They're, they're just still stacked on stacked.
1: Real quick. If anyone's questioning whether or not Ryan Reeves and Tom Wilson, will get into it in this game. In the first period alone, Ryan Reeves has already played five minutes, according to Craig Wyshynski. So clearly he's being sent out there to do a job, uh, in terms of my prediction for the West, that's um, a tough one for me because I don't think he wants to say Colorado because I did think they went out and got a better goaltender. I think Darcy Kepper is a very underrated goaltender in national hockey. He's very good, much better than what they had last season. Um, but um, I think a lot with Vegas, it hinges on, again, I, I think there's a deal to be made out there, and if they get him, I think that would put that now this is all dealing hypotheticals, but I always keep hearing that if there is a Jack Eichel trade to be made this season, it'd be to Vegas. So if that were Baltimore again, I did, I did. I don't care. I don't care if it happens. I think they just jump to the top, not just in the West, but I put them at the front of winning the entire, the entire thing, because that's the one thing they've been missing is a true. I mean, I like love Mark stone and everything, but like a true elite number one center. And, uh, but, with that that's a hypothetical uh, as it stands right now, I think I'm going Colorado. I think that team again is just so good top to bottom they're so deep they have four centers that can score um, and that's one of the hardest things to to to, to build uh, on a winning team when to sustain a successful hockey team is having at least three scoring lines with three scoring centers and they have that, you know so, um, and now, again, like I said before, with a better goaltender and that. So I'm going to say Colorado as rosters sit right now.
2: Yeah, and Colorado, they went out, got Jonas Johansson as their backup yep. right now, while Pav, uh, Pavel frank is out with injury. Mm-hmm. So that'll be um, a nice little addition right there. Um, and then... With that roster, dude, for Colorado, it's just insane. Like when they went out, they added Andre Burakovsky, such a such an underrated addition he to the roster. Yeah, a good goal scorer, great goal Ex- scorer. Exactly. He just was underutilized there, and Washington just wasn't giving the opportunities just because of the guys around him, but stepped into a huge role for Colorado and really, really succeeded. Um, another guy to look out for for them, Alex Newhook, a youngster who mm-hmm. made that roster. He's going to be a fun guy to watch throughout the season. I think um, Bowen Byram's going to take a big step forward as well. Um just being, being able to play with um, with some of those um, you know other guys on that uh, that defensive uh, pairings, where they got enough you know stay-at-home guys, they can let everyone else kind of do their thing. Um, I just love 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 what the Avalanche bring. Um, you know, night in, night out, just roll so many lines that can score and get things done offensively, defensively. And if you sure things up in the back end um, where they've dealt with some injuries over the past few seasons and seem to be their their bane the past few years, I think they're going to get over the hump this year. I think the Avalanche get there, and I think that's why the Maple Leafs fans are going to be upset because they're going to get their asses stomped by the Colorado Avalanche, and they're going to get sent home sad. That's what we were waiting for.
5: Haha, <laughs> sorry, Leafs fans. Dewey, who do you think's winning the West? If it was the early 2010s, I want to put my money on the Chicago Blackhawks because I love Patrick Kane, and I love Fleury out there for him. Fleury has made the postseason, what, 13, 14 straight seasons in a row? Mm-hmm. He might be able to get the Blackhawks back in the action there. And I really want to start putting more faith in these Western Canadian teams like Winnipeg and Calgary and Edmonton and McDavid and Drys Idol and Hellebuck out in Winnipeg. Uh, but I really do think it's Colorado's year to take that uh, that league. That Conference and be in a Stanley Cup final. Uh, they got Cal McCarr and Devontae's headlining that blue line, and that should say enough for that. That's very scary. That's you know, a very offensively powered blue line, and they got the goal scorer Nathan McKinnon. You got the Moose, uh, Miko Randon, Burakovsky, like you just mentioned, and Nazem Kadri, like Dwayne mentioned earlier. And I think they're just a powerhouse in the West.
2: Yeah, and hopefully Kirby yep. Dock looks good for the Blackhawks coming back from that injury last year. Yep. Um, you know, a a high, a high draft pick there should offer a lot for them in the middle. He seemed to have a ton of chemistry with Patrick Kane before he did go down with injury. So I
1: when, I kind of like that having a, a Blackhawks resurgence, Dewey. I think I think I, I really cut in one thing. I, I think the Blackhawks are gonna miss because he did log a lot of minutes, and you there, there's some things you can't you just can't replace. They're gonna miss Duncan Keith. A hundred percent. They're going to miss Duncan Keith. Like that guy, as old as he is, the guy could still bang. The guy could still put up points here and there. Like they're going to miss a guy like him on that blue line. So I, 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 I I mean, I'm not going to say that, you know, they're not going to be a playoff team, but I mean, I'm not, I'm just still, even the addition of Marc-Andre Fleury, I'm not extremely high on the Blackhawks. I just, I just don't think they're deep enough.
2: All right, Colin, finish us off here. Who's winning the West?
3: I don't want to beat a dead horse here. I think it's going to be Colorado. They just have so much firepower. And, you know, last year, everyone was saying Colorado, 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 it's going to be Colorado and Tampa. And, you know, Colorado just disappointed and just it didn't happen. And everyone's like, what the hell just happened here? So I think they're coming back this year, full 82 games to just assert their dominance even more. And I think they, they have a really good shot to get into that Stanley Cup final. There is one team, uh, Dewey brought it up, that the Edmonton team with McDavid and Dry Seidel, like, they they got to do something more than just get to the first round of the playoffs. Like, those are the two of the best hockey players in the league, in the world right now, and only getting – I know two players on a hockey team can't get you far, but, like, you have those two. They should be able to get you at least win four more games and get you to the second round at least. But, yeah, it's Colorado. Yeah, I hope
2: hope it's the abs here. I was on their bandwagon the past two seasons, been amping them up, and eh, they fell a little bit short on my futures. But hopefully they'll get it done this year. It's going to be a very fun season. And we got one last you know prediction to make before we get off here. We just got to talk about the Buffalo Sabres. How many points are they going to get? Is it going to be in the single digits? Who knows? It might be. Are there going to be more points for the Sabres this year or more fans uh, or less fans in attendance? Who the hell knows? Uh, Steve, let's start it with you. How many points do you think the Sabres end up with?
4: Um, a lot of the estimates I've seen from people who understand the game much better than I... It, it's anywhere between... I don't think I've ever seen it go higher than like 72 points. And uh, I, th- I think that's a pretty comfortable range. I, I would like it to be 69 just for the lulz, <laughs> honestly. But uh, I, I definitely see... Yeah, upwards of two thirds of these games being L's. So break that down, but yeah, I'm good. I'm gonna go with that comfortable 69 points. Nice. I know, right?
3: <laughs> well, are they employing that uh, shootout rule that they had in the preseason? Because then that's a guaranteed 82 points right there. But
4: now I think. Well, we'd have to call up Jack Quinn to score those power play goals. To the shootout goals, rather.
3: Yeah. he had, so-
4: he had some. He had some filthy uh, shootout goals in the oh, preseason.
3: Yeah. yeah, he's got. He's it just got good hands. It, it just
4: sucked for the rest of the game. He was a little invisible, but he's also young. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to dump on him, but at the same time, like I wanted to see more out of Jack Quinn in the preseason. I just did. Kind of, kind of made me sad. But That's not what we're talking <laughs> about. Sixty-nine <laughs> points in the total standings at the end of the year. I like it. I like it but a lot. Respectable like- sixty-nine. Oh,
2: 69 is always respectable, always wholesome, best number there is. Colin, are they going to be at 69? Maybe
3: more. See, the fan in me wants to say more, but like the realist in me thinks it's going to be probably a little bit below that, probably in the 60 to 65 range. Getting, I don't know, 20 wins, like – that's that seems so low when you play 82 of them so that's already 40 points so then you're hoping to maybe force overtime of like 20 more times it just i don't see them winning 30 games to get to 60 already and then having what give or take however when you want in overtime losses so I'll, I'll go ahead and say like 62 i think that's I mean, maybe being a little generous, it is lower than what Steve said, but how serious was Steve's answer at 69? I don't know, but we'll see, <laughs> what, we'll see what the rest serious. of you three say.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to be right in the middle there at, at 65. Um, it's going to be tough for them to get to that 30 win mark. I think they're going to yeah. be in between 25 to 30 wins, and then, you know, give or take, you know, 10 or so overtime losses and whatnot. It puts me around 65. I just don't see them getting into the 70s because you're going to have to get over 30 wins more than likely. Dwayne, where are you at?
1: I'm going to put them at 68. Um, one thing I think that Granado's team is going to be, it's going to be very tough to play against them. Um, they're not going to win a lot of games, but they're going to forge some games into overtime, 100%. Um, I think that they're going to work their asses off. Um, I think that's what Granado – is going to get out of these players. I think I saw a lot of shades of that at the end of last season. Um, But with that being said, the skill level just isn't there from top to bottom. They're not deep enough. They don't have a bona fide first-line center. I mean, there's a lot. And honestly, come deadline, this roster is going to look completely different. Um, So I I put them right around 66, 68 points. Uh, I I, I think they're going to be tough to play against for a good chunk of the season right right up until the end where you're going to see a different team come in, you know, a different look to this team after the trade deadline, you would hope at least.
2: Yeah. We'll see what they do throughout the season. Hopefully they do end up getting rid of the white elephant in the room, just so we're finally over that. And we can see, you know, what we have uh, what assets we get back and you know where we're going in the future with this team hopefully all the suffering is worth it for you sabers fans um you guys can check us out tomorrow night we'll be back here live doing some stuff for the sabers game and throughout the season through crossing swords dwayne's going to be running two goalies one mic throughout the year talking with coley and a bunch of other guests um, breaking down what's going on in the world of hockey and giving you some insight behind uh behind the mask what's going on in these goalies heads and what moves they need to be making so make sure you guys subscribe over on youtube hit the like button and the notification bell so you know when we're going live and when dwayne's losing his mind on youtube after a Sabres loss so make sure you guys do that hit retweet or like or whatever on uh on the twitter sphere and that's gonna wrap it up for us here make sure you guys get over to ticket or legends and stars.com get your tickets. For the Sports Collectors Expo on October 29th and 30th over at Batavia Downs. Shout out to Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? The place to buy a case. We only got
1: three words left. Let's go Sabres question mark. you know they just got done with the first two nights of this season it's been phenomenal we get gretzky back gretzky and barkley it's it's phenomenal it's absolutely phenomenal so we are going to have so much to talk about this year thanks for hopping on with us thanks for listening to this episode
0: and we will talk to you soon i'm matt kundle host of the sound off podcast the show about podcast and broadcast